to another episode of DFV. I am Black Cinephile, a.k.a. Anthony. I am Brad, also known as a.k.a. Brad. Yeah, not just Brad. You call him a.k.a. Brad when you see him. A.k.a. Brad. Definitely. Uh, Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, You know, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on, you know, anywhere podcasts is available. Well, most places podcasts are available. We're on... uh, instagram and twitter we're on facebook we'll have all that information up uh but today we got a special one uh half nostalgia for me half um new movie that came out in theaters uh we're we're comparing the two jurassic park trilogy enders yes is that the way, is that the way we described it how about the two jurassic conclusions that that sounds better. um when i first was thinking this i was thinking the jurassic closers there you go so so we got Okay, I got you. So we got Jurassic Park 3 versus the newest film, Jurassic World Dominion. Yes. So obviously with this one, I think it makes the most sense for us to go chronological. You think so? I'm thinking so because in order for Jurassic Jurassic World Dominion to uh, fall over and stumble down the stairs, uh, Jurassic Park 3 had to walk. So... (laughs) That's a cool. All right, man. So we're gonna we're gonna start it off with Jurassic Park three. Um I'll take this one over. Okay. If you don't mind, sir. All right. So in this one, we have um paleontologist Dr. Alan Grant, played by Sam Neill, um, who runs into um this uh divorced couple played by William H. Macy and T. Leone. Um they ask him to uh come on an expedition with them uh as they fly over Jurassic Park, correct? Uh, this is over Isle Sorna. So in oh, the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World movies, there's two islands. There's Isla mm-hmm. Nublar, which is where Jurassic Park was, where the theme park was. Isla Sorna was basically just an experimental park where they kind of stored dinosaurs and did tests and ran that kind of stuff. And then those dinosaurs would be transferred to the park in theory so they could actually open up the attraction. That way they had like a you know, backup set of dinosaurs in case something happened to the ones at the park. Right. So with this film, um, they uh, offer him a lot of money for um, for his uh, for his research, because we know he loves his research. You know, that's that's part of his life. And um, they say, look, we'll we'll pay you handsomely if you go on this expedition with us. And so he, he agrees, you know, he brings his um his uh, I forgot what Billy was. He, he, his assistant. He brings his assistant yeah. Billy with him. Uh, Alessandro Nivola is the actor's name. And uh, soon enough, he realizes, wait a minute, this isn't just the expedition here. They they want to land on this island for some reason. And then he realizes that their son, who we see in the in uh, kind of like the prologue in the beginning of the film, is uh, missing there, um, along with her, um, along with his mom's boyfriend. So from that point on, they're trying to survive and at the same time find uh, her son. And if he's still alive, the the mom's boyfriend. But, you know, spoiler alert here, folks. We're, we're all about spoilers. Uh, the, the boyfriend's dead. But uh, that's basically the bare bones plot of this. I got to be honest, man. Out of all the Jurassic Park films, this is probably my favorite. So like, this one... I had to disagree with you on that one, but uh, this one is good. I haven't seen the first one in a long time, but go ahead. Yeah. For this movie, 
Uh, doing the rewatch of it, I actually did enjoy this one more than I remember enjoying it before. Because before, I think you were kind of looking at, uh, you know, you have Jurassic Park, which is a classic. Then you have the follow-up world or Jurassic Lost World, which was a really good movie if you wanted to see a lot of dinosaurs and people actually getting hurt by said dinosaurs. Like, there was... That movie was good in terms of, like, you don't know what's coming next. Uh, Jurassic Park 3 kind of took that away because we were basically given, you know, Alan Grant, the Kirbys, and his assistant Billy were, like, the only people that were on this island. Uh, So there wasn't really much fodder beyond the pilot and then the two mercenaries who die very early in the movie. But see, I like that, though. I like that from a storytelling aspect because it keeps everything closed in. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's like when you watch a show that has a bottle episode and, and, and everything is kind of closed in between a certain amount of characters. Like for Breaking Bad, it would probably be Fly, you know, mm-hmm. when they were both stuck, when they were both in that lab trying to kill the fly. Um, I, I look at Jurassic Park 3 as a bottle film, but it's a bottle film that works. They're in a closed world. And uh, the tensions are high because the only experienced person there is Alan Grant. Billy's not even that experienced. Alan has the most experience. The yeah, Billy's more or less an intern as a paleontologist. Right. He, you know, Alan Grant is the only person that's actually seen these dinosaurs before having been in the original Jurassic Park before it opened. Right. And the mercenaries, are, the mercenaries dead, man. Yeah. Even the one guy, uh, what he said, uh, hey, you're not really uh you're not really a hunter, are you? No, I'm a travel agent. Yeah. What did the guy say? Something <laughs> something funny. Um, like, he's the only experienced person there, so I like how the stakes are raised. Um, this film is nostalgia for me, man. I remember seeing this in theaters when I was eight years old. And as we know, the films we love as kids, we may not enjoy that much as adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got to say, man, this film kept my attention. Like, it, it really gets straight to the point. You know, we see, um, in the beginning, we see Alan hanging out with the... Uh, you know, Ellie, you know, she's married now with kids. He doesn't seem bitter. You know, they're they're good friends. And, you know, we 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 see where he's been over time. And then we just cut straight into the uh, to the action, man. And I love it. Yeah, I, I this th- this movie does a good part in keeping the action and the tension very high at all times, because, yes, they're on this island with dinosaurs and everything, but there's really no safety net for them anywhere. There's no camp for them to go back to. There's no place for them to be able to get away from the dinosaurs. They basically are on this island full of monsters that are constantly trying to kill them. And especially the one, the Spinosaurus and everything, is a great kind of new villain to put up, you know, prior to like the T-Rex and everything. Yeah. I like this film for the same reason. I like Terminator Salvation. Um, Does it pale in comparison to earlier Terminator films? Yes. But I like the, I like the creativity that um, what's his name? MCG that MCG put into Salvation. Like I like what Joe Johnston puts into this film mm-hmm. uh, as a director like you know i i like seeing the new dinosaurs i like i just like the whole jungle location it gives me a predator feel you know what i mean yes yeah if there's danger at every turn there's no safety there's it, literally anything can happen that's where this movie thrives and when it's in that environment it's absolutely perfect 
Uh, I love like when they go into the aerial kind of cage where uh, the I know they're not pterodactyls, but the pterodactyl like dinosaurs are the bird at. cage. Yeah. The bird cage. Um, I, I love that because that's the first time we got to see those in a Jurassic Park kind of movie. Uh, yeah, prior cool to scene. this, it, it, we kind of just knew that they were around because uh, I want to say that Hammond mentions them in the first movie, and that was it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um. What was I gonna say, dude? For its time, for a movie that came out in two thousand one, special effects are pretty solid in this movie. Yeah, the Jurassic Park trilogy as a whole still stands up pretty well today in terms of its use of CG and, you know, special effects and everything. I I think that stands for all three of the original Jurassic Park movies. They they still mm-hmm. look beautiful even in 4K today. They look absolutely beautiful. Uh I was going to say something um I was going to say I I like some of the uh they may not be too memorable, but I like some of the gags throughout this movie. Like I like how when they're first on the plane, my man asked the mercenary behind him, like, uh, how how do you know uh such and such? How do you know Paul and Amanda? Um, and he's like, uh, oh, we, we go to church together. Oh yeah. <laughs> we we met at church. I'm like, come on, man. Uh, but I like how straight faced he is about it. I love, you know, they always show this in Jurassic Park. I love when they're in the ha- their airplane, you see the dinosaurs just flourishing around enjoying nature it's a it's always a beautiful sight and then the music you know the you know yeah yeah that song is ruined for me though because i whenever i hear it now i just hear the kazoo like terrible you know low budget (laughs) version whenever i hear that yes (laughs) i like that video that video makes me it's so you know what's disturbing about that video? It feels like it could have been directed by David Lynch because <laughs> when he gets into the kazoo, you got the close-up on Sam Neill and Laura Dern's face. Yeah. And it just looks very scary compared to inspiring when it was in the original movie. Right. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it, though. But yeah, this this movie it has a couple jokes. It has some weird moments, like uh, with the whole like talking velociraptor in the plane thing. Like That's still... I don't get why they decided to do that. It makes no sense. Uh, what do you mean? When uh, they're in the plane, like, going there, when uh, Alan, like, falls asleep. Or, no, it's after he gets knocked out. Right. Uh, he has, like, the nightmare that the plane is, like, crashing or something like that. And then he, like, turns oh, and the dinosaur is like, Alan! You know, and then he wakes up. You, you know, I think that speaks to... I mean, that, that scene didn't really bother me. I think that speaks to Alan's... Um, his kind of refusal for refusal to believe that there are more dinosaurs out there, like, like 75 million years later, like, like he, he's such a, um, he loves history, but he also loves, uh, he, he stays, he stays true to his pessimism. You know, that's why Dr. Ian Malcolm is such a foil to him because Dr. Mm -hmm. Ian Malcolm is an optimist, but he's an optimist. That's, uh, not so optimistic. You know, every, every book he comes out with, like it's the end of the world but here's how to prepare, Yeah, you know, with his face on the cover and all his uh, vanity. Um, but I like that Dr. Al- I like that Dr. Allen is a flawed hero because even he kind of has to come to terms with that. He's stubborn sometimes. Oh yeah. He's, he's very aware of his stubbornness. It seems. Right. Uh, but yeah, he, he 
knows that they're in this predicament. He knows how to get out of it. He just wants to survive and get off this island. But he still has the mentality of not leaving people behind. You know, because even when he finds out that uh, his research assistant, Billy, like stole the Velociraptor eggs and everything. And that's why the Velociraptors have been chasing them this entire movie. He's a dummy of the year. Of yeah. The decade. Why, why would you steal the eggs? Like, that was such a dumb move. Yeah, especially like move. one of the smartest dinosaurs on the island. And you know this because literally Alan Grant is one of like his specialty is in velociraptors and like finding out about them and how they, you know, worked as groups and everything like that. And you, you deserve to be an intern. Now I know why you're an intern. Yeah. You're, you're never coming out of that. Um, he, he need to go home and get his, uh, shoot, uh, his shine box. Yeah. Like you I know that. Go huh? ahead, go ahead. You a good fellas fan. You oh, know where yeah. that comes from. Oh okay, yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, even when he had that moment of, you know, redemption, because in the, uh, pterodactyl cage, he's like, here, I'll save everybody and I'll act as like bait and do all this. And you're like, he died. And it's like, yeah, he deserved it. And then later he's on the <laughs> helicopter and you're it's like, out of nowhere yeah. on the stretcher. I'm like, where did they, where did they know? To How find did you him? get him? Are you telling me that the birds you ate him? Yeah. Well, not only that, but in movie. What happened is he somehow landed, he survived and everything like that. And then the helicopters came and they went into the birdcage and went in and looked for him there and then found him and then brought him out. And then they relanded the plane on the beach because as they're the planes landing on the beach as they're like running up to it and everything. So it's like the plane was there. They found one person and went yeah, I think this is good for this area. Let's just head off to the beach now. And then they just left and then landed on the beach right as everybody else came in. <laughs> Listen, man, what what I was going to say um, about all that was uh, I, I like the whole thing of because it works in a cinematic way that, oh, I'm going to sacrifice myself to save this kid. OK, that makes sense. And he's going to die. And like, OK, he kind of deserved it for the eggs, but it's it's a noble way to go out. Mm-hmm. Cut to they come on a plane. Hey, I <laughs> with the 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 bandages over his eye. And I'm like, yeah. come on, man. Uh, but what I wanted to say was, uh, I like the chemistry between William H Macy and uh, T Leone as a divorced couple. That oh, as still, the Kirby's, right? As the Kirby's, you could tell they still love each other and that they do have a history of fighting, but they they've come together to get their son. Like they yes. they made me believe that. Yeah, they definitely like worked as because uh, they had their counters to each other a little bit as that divorce right. couple and stuff. But yeah, they had this single motive of finding their son. Yeah, I, I, I like their chemistry. And um, <laughs> now here's where you got to like have a huge suspension of disbelief. When uh, Alan Grant comes across the son, uh, the son reveals that, you know, he's been alive uh, for like he's been surviving for about eight weeks. And uh, stuff like that. I'm like, ain't no way this kid will survive eight weeks. I, I'm no like way. old supplies from what looked like a downed. What was it? It was like an overturned. Uh, I can't even remember what it was. But yeah, he just had like supplies like smoke grenades and, you know, uh, T-Rex piss and stuff like that. Just that made this, me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you get that? You don't want to know. <laughs> You don't, you don't want to know. But yeah, it's like that was the one part that made me go, come on, eight weeks, man. 
You really, yeah. you really You're telling me this little 80s. kid managed to survive. This little kid is, I'm trying to remember how old he was, uh, 12 years old. He is 12 years old and he survived a island of monsters that are constantly trying to kill people that like trained, mer- well, I guess they weren't really mercenaries. They were just kind of people with guns. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, I, mm, yeah, you, you really had to throw logic out the window to believe that one. I ain't gonna lie. When he called a uh, home girl, uh, what's, what's when, when they were trying to, Oh, Ellie, when she called, when he called Ellie and the son answered, um, and, uh, <laughs> this kid was about to get a photo of his mom. And then he saw Barney. Yeah, this guy walked over, watched Barney for a second. Most he realistic just, part of the movie is the kid answering the phone and then getting distracted by a TV show. And then, and then you, uh, while he's watching Barney, you cut to everyone screaming like, "Ah, get away, get yeah. away!" As the cage is going in and out of the water, you know, and there's a giant right. monster trying to eat them. Yeah, and then the kid like jumping around and just dancing and. <laughs> And then, he, and then he goes, oh, oh, wait a second. I'm supposed to do something. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, find his mom. That was funny. That had me laughing. Uh, dude, I love the final shot, man. Uh, the final shot of the uh, the, the dinosaur birds. I, I, know there's, mm-hmm. I know there's another word for them, but just the dinosaur birds flying off. The, the, the pterodactyl-like dinosaurs, because I know they're not pterodactyls, but they're, they're something else. Yeah. I have, I mean, outside of the suspension of disbelief moments, which, you know, it's Jurassic Park. You kind of got to give it some grace. It's a sci-fi uh, movie. You, you got to give it its sci-fi points. Right. Uh, I got no problem with this, man. I feel like this is a very engaging, um, short, too, uh, great action movie, dude. Yeah, I, I had no problems with this. It's good. It's definitely better than I remembered it being. Because, yeah, it's only about an hour and a half long. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that long of a movie, especially by today's standards where everything's trying to bump up to that two hour and 10 minute mark. Dude, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on, man. It's like, everybody's trying to one up what, what every, everybody's trying to one up each other. The yeah. new Spider-Man is going to be four hours long with the intermission. Why? <laughs> Can't we don't, you, you guys weren't able to tune that down or split this into two movies. What What's going on here? I know, I know. Um, yeah, man, I feel like this movie had no frills. It got straight to the point, and it's a, uh, it's a crowd pleaser. Uh, I got to say, I, I loved it just as much as eight-year-old Anthony did. Um, well, a little less. Uh, mm. I get it's a 3.5. Uh, yeah, I agree. 3.5 on this one because, yeah, it's it's good. It holds up, but it, it does have its problems. Um but luckily the problems aren't things like pacing or action, you know, right, it's got right. suspense. It's got action. It's got good pacing with it. And the characters are interesting to watch and watch them interact with, which is something that you can't say for every Jurassic park movie where the characters actually are fun to watch, even when there's no dinosaurs around. Mm-hmm. And you know, the dinosaurs are cunning in this one. Like I like how they set up the one trap uh, with the uh, travel agent. I don't know if he was really a travel agent, but uh, he, he he was someone that was tagging along that was posed to be uh, more than what he oh, was. Oh, the mercenary that was like, he fell out of the tree? No, not him. Not him. Um, it was the one that was uh, walking with them for a while. Uh, was it Nash? No, it wasn't Nash. It was uh, maybe Cooper. It might have been Cooper. Uh, but Ace, he was the guy that when they landed, they said, okay, where do we find our son? 
he says, uh, you know, we go, he's in that direction where they're walking. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy. I, I like how when, um, you know, the wife, uh, Tia Leone's character, Amanda, was like, he's not dead. She tried to climb down and the dinosaurs tried to eat her, uh, proving that they were, you know, setting up a, a trap. Oh, you yeah. Know, I, li- I liked how they uh, they brought that cunningness to their, uh, their characters. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. The guy that was like below the trees and stuff when they were like oh, hiding in okay. the trees. My yeah. bad. My bad. So, my bad. But yeah, it, it's it's a creative movie. It's fun. It, it it did what it was going out to do, and it didn't really go anything above that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, all right, man. I'll uh, I'll let you take the reins on this one. Okay. So I might not have as many nice things to say about. This, uh, uh, this oh, I have one. so many nice things about this movie. I love this movie. It was easily a movie. Um. So. <laughs> all right. So, following the events of uh, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, there are now dinosaurs everywhere on the loose uh, that people are having to try and find a way to live with. We follow our amazing protagonists, Owen and uh, Crazy Lady, who are now, you know, they have kidnapped a child and are keeping her hostage in a log cabin. Meanwhile, even more, you know, evil company, Biosyn, run by the guy that is really into whipped cream uh, now, comes in and steals her, uh, the kidnapped child. He steals the kidnapped child and a baby velociraptor from this area that they're hiding in in order to use their, you know, DNA to create global uh, infrastructure problems with produce. Uh, using locusts and um, the the people from the original Jurassic Park movie are there too for some reason uh, okay there we go I think that's the synopsis of this movie <laughs> dude I don't have a problem with nostalgia um, I just have a problem when there's nostalgia and it doesn't make the film better like it, listen I, I, I like seeing Laura Dern Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, all back together again. I, I loved it, mm. but there was it, no reason it, for it. It didn't add anything to the movie. Um, what were you about to say? Yeah, it's just it. It's cheap. They they basically used it as bait for the movie, but they had no reason for them to be there. They might as well have been cameos that came in and went, "Hey, I remember Jurassic Park. I was there," and then they left, and they would have still had the same effect on this movie that they did in this movie, having a runtime of God, how long was this movie? I assume fifteen hours. Um, no man, it was two, two hours and twenty six minutes. Oh. That that was a, a long two hours and twenty six minutes. <laughs> that's an hour and twenty six minutes too long. Uh, but listen, I, I, I'd go be, as far as saying it's about two hours and twenty six minutes too long. I'm gonna be fair and say there was a reason they were there. I mean, they're there to help out with the situation, and yeah, it might have come off contrived, but you know, it it, it made sense why they were there. They just weren't really needed. Is I guess is where I'm coming from with it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise my hand and let it be known. This is the only Jurassic World movie I saw. I was gonna see the first two, but then you know the day came up and my wife was like, "All right, time to go see it." I was like, "All right, let's just go." <laughs> I just said, "Let's just go." I said, "All right, you might surprise me." You know? Right? D- did it surprise you? Were you surprised? No, no, 
No. no it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I, I got to go on a little bit of a rant here. I like Chris Pat. I like Chris Pratt in action comedies. I, I don't like him in straight up action movies. Like I, I saw him in this and I went, I like it when he's cracking jokes in the movies in on the joke, not when, mm-hmm. um, uh, hey, I'm going to go with them. Please come back. I always come back. I was like, ah, yeah. I cringe so hard at that scene. I'm like, come on, man. Don't don't be that guy. I, I, I love how he uses his uh, dinosaur magic force hand on every dinosaur in this movie, and it always works somehow. He gets in a squatting position and just he just, <laughs> just puts his hands out like, hey, 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 hey. And somehow the dinosaur follows his hands. I don't know how he does it. He's Chris Pratt, so, you know. I know you. You're from Parks and Recreation. Okay, yeah. I'll back off a little. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you Star-Lord? <laughs> right, right. They just, they just back off. Yeah. Uh yeah, man, I listen, I'm not going to say this film had bad action. Action sequences are very well done. It, the uh, three action sequences this two and a half hour movie has are done just well. Three There's more than three. It had to be like six. I off the top uh, of my head, I can think of three. <laughs> there's the locust scene when uh, Alan Grant and Ellie are in, are in the thing. Yep. There's the uh, huge escape sequence when uh, um. What was Sister Girl's name? Uh, the, the the black chick, DeWanda Wise's character. I can always remember actors' names, but not their uh, characters. You're talking Halo. about when they were uh, fighting the ice dinosaur thing. I don't. I don't think so. But Kayla. Anyway, um, when they were like at that, I can't remember the places they were at. But they, there was a huge long action sequence of them trying to escape and get back on the plane to leave. You know, there's oh, that. you're talking about the dinosaur bazaar kind of place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that. Uh, there's uh, when the kidnappers come to capture the dinosaur. There's uh, I wouldn't them. even count that as an action scene. All they did is they put a bag over a dinosaur and lured a girl on a bridge. That that's not an action scene. It kind of was. Chris Pratt was doing the whole fast running thing and. They shot at him, and there was that was faster than a workout montage. It was not an action scene. <laughs> then there was uh, Ian Malcolm trying to get some. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Ian Malcolm trying to get them out of the, uh, the 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 tunnel thing. He's like, "Okay, so here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna pick the one that's two two lines above the five, and then three lines down from the six. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> you have to simplify it. I, I can't say it any more simpler than that. You have to." <laughs> And then uh, he just basically appeared what the guy was saying to him to make it more simpler. Um, look, man, there's more than three action sequences. I I, I kind of drew a blank because I kind of forgot about this movie, but there's more than three. <laughs> I will say three, one thing, just because you brought it up with Jeff Goldblum. Um, I'm 90% sure that most of Jeff Goldblum's lines weren't actually written in the script. They couldn't get him to say the lines in the script, so they were just like, just... I don't know, keep whatever B-roll you have of him talking and we'll just put that in the movie. We'll just, you know, just him ranting about stupid things and everything like that throughout the movie and just throw that in there. He's not going to say the script. He clearly hasn't read the script. So just throw whatever he says in there. <laughs> we'll f- make it work. Uh, you may be right, you know. You know, ah, uh, ah, uh, you may you may be right. You you, you may, may be, be right. right. Uh life uh it uh uh it life finds a way. 
it finds a way. Uh, this movie found a way to be shit. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to say, this movie lost its way very quickly. <laughs> you know, dude, I wanted to like these characters. May, I, I gave Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Harris characters some grace. Uh, P- Bryce Dallas Howard's characters some grace because I didn't see the first two movies. Uh, I thought the little kid was annoying. Uh, I, and then, um, you know, uh, DeWanda Wise's character, Kayla, I thought she was like, she's the usual token tough girl that joins on the mission. And, you know, uh, nothing can keep her down. And I don't know, man. I, I just felt like a lot of these people were like caricatures. Yeah, that's, uh, that's accurate because it, there's no, <sighs> these characters are boring. They, they just were very yeah. boring. None of them were fun to watch. Like, you have the original, uh, you know, Jurassic Park, trill, you know, tri-group there with uh, Ian Malcolm, Ellie, and uh, Dr. Grant. But they don't do anything. They kind of just are there in the movie to make you, you know, I love how... In the theater I was in, it was basically me and, like, three other people in a Dolby Cinema theater watching this movie. And Wait, it was that... I thought tickets sold on this movie. Uh, not here, apparently. <laughs> wow. Um, right. Because this this was low. I didn't see it opening weekend, though. I saw it, like, a couple days later. Mm. But, uh, yeah, in, there's these breaks after, like, you know, everybody goes... Oh, uh, here's Dr. Alan Grant's intro. And it's like, Dr. Grant, I'm glad to see you here. And then there's like this five second pause in anything happening. Like there's no motion. There's no words. You know, nothing's happening. And you can tell that's the break where people are supposed to applaud. But it's so awkward when you're in a theater where nobody cares at all. (laughs) Mm, I didn't I didn't view that scene as that. I thought that was a nice little reunion between them. Uh, I, I think uh, five seconds going going mute uh, in a film isn't really no sort of no. Well, no, it happened for every single one of them. It happened for Ellie. It happened for Grant, and it happens for uh, you know Ian Malcolm, because even Ian Malcolm, he's like giving a lecture, and then he just pauses. And then it just is a frame of him. You, it could have been a still image of him for five seconds. The, the, the camera zooming in on his face right. with the light beaming down. And it's like, oh, that's that's the clap break right there. That's so people can clap at the movie and then they don't miss anything. And it's so obviously there that they were like, oh, people are going to be excited to see these people back. I wasn't. I could care less. They were boring as hell. Dude, some of the jokes in this movie are so bad. And they're not bad because they're horrible jokes. They're bad because they're generic you could grab them out of any B movie action film and be like, okay, let's add, insert that gag. Yeah. Um, when they try to be edgy, like, uh, when did you and Ian talk? Oh, he slid into my DMs. He he, he did what? I'm like, yeah. How old is that joke, man? I'm it, like, come on, man. Yeah, it's it doesn't even fit here either, you know, because it it's supposed to be playing off the. Uh, first movie where you know grant and ian malcolm had this kind of rivalry with each other with ellie with trying to impress her and everything it's like they don't have that here but they still play like they do like neither of them care 
Ian is married with kids. Right. It's like, he don't care. Right, but you still have Doctor Grant acting like this sociopath, like uh, jealousy kind of thing whenever he comes up, which he wasn't in three. He wasn't. Right. He wasn't like that in three. He was a very stand up. Like you know what? She's happy now. She's with a good guy. I, it's time for me to move on. Right. You know, even when the young man mentions mentions Ian Malcolm, you know, he doesn't he doesn't say anything wrong about Ian. The little boy says he seems kind of full of himself and he just smiles. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's no bitterness there. It's just he's like, okay, finally someone else sees it. Right. Yeah, he's basically just going, This guy was annoying, you know. And now it's right. like, no, he's my enemy again. Even though he's married and he has like, a successful life and he has no reason to be going after this uh divorcee that I'm now going after because I've just learned that she's a divorcee. You know, this movie basically put that plot line in there specifically so they could be like, Look, they ended up together at the end. Clap, clap, clap. Aren't you happy? Remember how in the first movie people wanted that? Clap, clap, clap. Yeah, I see. I don't mind that at the end, but I just I don't like how they it was did contrived. Alan. That that was my problem with it. It was just it, it had no purpose. <laughs> he went through all this nonsense just to get uh, Ellie and Alan back together. Um, listen, man, I don't mind Alan. Um, no, what I mean to say is this film did him wrong, man. I feel like it they kind of they made him a little bitter and. Everything you just said, and I was like, "That's not that's not really who Alan Grant is." They backtracked his character's progression from the first movie back to like the first five minutes of Jurassic Park, and then all of a sudden, the last five minutes, contrived uh, as you said, "I'm going with you, Ellie." Yeah, <laughs> dude, they just start kissing. <laughs> that's funny, dude. It was it's, so stupid. It's funny if in retrospect, it's it's pretty hilarious. Um, what was I about to say? Yeah, a lot of the humor in this film is kind of forced. Uh, what was going on with the coffee situation? Because I'm uh, like, I... oh, the, the, it was making a joke about how there's so many kinds of coffee, and uh, Ian, you know, Doctor Ian Grant or not Ian Grant? God, I, I can't even <laughs> keep the characters' names right. Alan Grant. Uh, he he's so like in the past that he doesn't understand what espresso is and stuff like that. I doubt that. <laughs> like that's that's what the joke was is he didn't understand like the kinds of coffee that they were offering there. Meanwhile, uh, Ian Malcolm's using it as a distraction from the camera and stuff like that to like palm the badge access key. Which I gotta say, um, first off. Biosyn security is horrible if they can't track a badge and where it's going at all times and know, hold on, this badge that normally shouldn't be used anywhere is being used. Uh, somebody's security clearance level is off there. It, your security team is horrible at that point. I have no idea how you're functioning keeping dinosaurs in an Antarctic cage at that point if you can't even keep track of where employees are. I, I want to talk about B.D. Wong's character because his character was just the most uh, senseless to me. Like, uh, the- Dr. Henry Wu. Okay, so to backtrack on this for the two movies that you haven't seen, uh, he returns in Jurassic World as the main scientist that's working at that park. Okay. So after that, he is also the lead scientist for capturing the dinosaurs for Fallen Kingdom and everything like that. So this was, he's basically being a villain 
for these three movies up until the last like 15 minutes of this one where it's like, no, but I can be a hero. I want to save the world. Yeah. I changed my mind. I don't want to be a bad guy anymore. They don't have good health benefits. I want to be a good guy again. And then he just there, he has the moment where he like lets out the locust and he's like, I am saving people now. It's like, dude, you (laughs) created the thing that was killing things. How are you? (laughs) I hate when that happens. When you try to make the villain the hero, because you you can't always swing that, man. You you can't be both. You just can't be both. Yeah, because it's not like so in Jurassic Park, he was a scientist that wanted to, you know, revolutionize science. Mm-hmm. I understand it. He's not a villain. Uh Jurassic World, he's literally doing it for the money. Uh Fallen Kingdom, he's literally doing it for the money. Uh Jurassic World Dominion, he's literally doing it for the money. He created things that were meant to kill people for people to use to kill people. And he was like, yeah, this is fine. This is exactly what I wanted in my life. Keep keep the checks flowing. Let's go. And then in the last like 15 minutes, like, I'm really not a bad guy after all. Please help me. And then he has Maisie. this redemption. And it's so- Maisie. <laughs> Maisie. I love you, Maisie. It's a little weird, a grown man telling a teenage girl, I love you, Maisie. Did yeah. he, he didn't say that, but he, he, he just was very very attached to her because of like her being a clone of you know the other macy Mm. uh but yeah man yeah it's it's so stupid also um with everything else that i've set aside uh the biggest problem with this movie is there's no tension everywhere there, there's not a single moment of te- there's not a single moment where I go, oh no, maybe they won't make it because it's like, okay, how are they gonna bullshit themselves out of this one? There's no fodder in this movie to be like, oh my god, is he gonna make it? Is he gonna make it? it the entire movie, you're just going, yeah, you have the main, you know, cast of this trilogy and the main cast of the previous trilogy. None of you are dying. This isn't. Jurassic Park isn't trying to revolutionize movies here. They're not trying to, you know, be like, oh my God, I hope my favorite character doesn't die in Game of Thrones season three. No, they're just trying to show you them with dinosaurs. You can't always expect that, though, because throwaways died in Jurassic Park three. The main cast didn't. Right, die, but there was at least tension that you felt like they could die. In this one, there wasn't any moment where it was like, "Oh my god, this might be where like Owen dies. Uh, This might be where you know Bryce Dallas Howard's worst character ever in any cinematography might actually finally die, and I might actually start enjoying this movie for once." You know, it's every everything was slick, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, everything was just slick action. It, I wouldn't even say it was slick action, um, but it, there, there were moments of action. <laughs> everything was too easy. Yes, trying to say everything okay. was very easy. It was you know, yeah, super easy, barely an inconvenience. Wait, uh, yeah, I mean, I like the scene where, um, and here's a scene where it, it came off. You could say in retrospect it was too easy, but I liked the I liked the transition when my man drove the motorcycle onto the plane as they were as they were flying off. I thought that was a nice little last minute save. Like moments like that, if a movie if the whole movie is like that with close calls, I could see how you could build some tension. Uh but I didn't mind that. I 
that part I didn't mind because I'm like, well, you're not going to kill any of these people. It's Jurassic World. Mm. You know, Spielberg doesn't kill people, um, you know, except for lawyers. Yeah, unless you're watching Munich. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. I, I looked at this as a. See, I like the latter half of this movie. The latter half of this movie kept me somewhat engaged. The first half, I was kind of looking at my watch, going, "Okay, let's get to uh, let's get to the juice of what this is." You know, I don't care about Chris Pratt talking with his with his surrogate daughter that he kidnapped. Uh, I don't care about Bryce Dallas Howard saying, oh, keep us out of danger. You know, I, I don't care about all of that. Let's get to the action. You, uh, you it, saying that uh, you didn't feel for Bryce Dallas Howard going, why can't I connect with this kid that we kidnapped? Why doesn't she like us? No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I usually like Bryce Dallas Howard. I like her in the help. Um, you know, she, I, I like her in some things, but I don't know, man. I didn't connect with her character, with Chris's character. Uh, D. Wanda Wise's character has grit, but it, by the time she showed up, like, like when she showed up in the mix of everything, uh, I was like, I don't really care. Mm. Uh, I just didn't like the kid. I just didn't like her. I didn't like her character. Uh, yeah, it's like the original trio is the only, were the only characters in this movie I kind of held on to. Yeah, you know, like I, I expected, you know, Jay, uh, Jeff Goldblum to make me laugh a little bit. I expected Sam Neill to, uh, you know, be the great reluctant hero. But even even in this one, he's just a reluctant, bitter hero. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't even like, say that he's a hero. He's just, you know, he doesn't care about saving people in this one. He's just there, you know, even when they're in danger and stuff, he's not doing anything to save anybody. He's just there. He doesn't even want to go with Owen to, like, get the baby Velociraptor, you know, because he promised the dinosaur he would bring it back. Uh, He didn't even want to go there to help at all. He just kind of was like, (laughs) yeah, okay. Dude, I'm retired. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I would love if he said that. Like, like, if this movie stayed true to itself and cut the BS and you had one moment where Alan Grant like let let him go full asshole. Like mm-hmm. uh, we, I gotta give the baby uh triceptorist whatever back to his mother. I don't care. Let's go. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know, I would have liked that. I was like, okay, that would be funny. Yeah, it yeah. His line went, "I promised you know its mother that I would bring it back," and then you have uh, Ian, you know, Malcolm going. You know, you made a promise to a dinosaur. It, Grant's response should have been, I don't care. We have to leave. <laughs> I would have loved that. I'm like, okay, that's kind of that's kind of Grant I know. Why yeah. am I in this movie? I don't care. I, I want to go back to polishing <laughs> fossils. Yeah. I want to go back to brushing dust off bones, please. Right. Every time we see him, he's doing that. <laughs> I want to go back to my happy place. This this is my happy place. You keep taking me from my happy place. Like that man, I had a great life. I didn't have a wife. I didn't have a girlfriend. I was just enjoying life, brushing yeah. dirt off fossils. Yeah, <laughs> that is funny, man. That is funny. Oh uh, man, um, I liked. I mean, I feel like Ellie was 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 of character. I felt uh, like uh yeah, you know, but she didn't still didn't have anything to do in this movie. Not much to work with. I yeah. mean, this movie. Well, first off, let, let's get this clear. 
Um, the major thread of this movie isn't dinosaurs are, you know, everywhere in the world, which is what the thread of this movie should have been based on the trailers and based on how Fallen Kingdom ended and based on everything that they've been saying about this movie since they started putting it in production. No, the thread of this movie is, you know, uh, giant grasshoppers. <laughs> that's the threat of this movie there's that's that's the threat that's that's why everybody all this is happening because this company was like nah i understand dinosaurs and whatnot but uh what if we you know made locusts eat all the crops and then you have you know dr henry Wu going that's a great idea keep signing the checks keep signing them i i'll make your you know destruction of humanity monster that will send off into the world what about dinosaurs yeah i don't care about dinosaurs no we're making bugs now see they promoted this movie just like you said like it it was kind of like like the big bang um you know, I remember a long time ago, they showed us the teaser poster where there was like a mosquito uh, biting a dinosaur, like a small skin of a dinosaur. He said, this is mm-hmm. where it begins. I was like, OK, that looks interesting. Yeah, man. But it's like once you go see it, it's like, OK, yeah, none of what we promised was 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 given to us. Basically what you said. Um, yeah. What happened to the scene where the dinosaur interrupts the drive in movie? You know, what happened to the scenes where, you know, the velociraptors were loose in a I city? I do remember that. I do remember the dinosaur interrupting the movie. Yeah. I thought uh, I was going to see that at some point. What about the triceratops that attacks the uh, campgrounds and stuff like that? Like, what happened to all these things that they were like, oh, my God, Jurassic World Dominion's coming. Here's a teaser for it. And it's like, oh, that was cool. This is going to be a fun movie where dinosaurs are like actively living pe- around people and we're going to see like people clashing with dinosaurs and seeing like the government try and recontain no the movie starts off and they're like yeah we caught the t-rex uh there's no problems anymore and uh we have them all in a giant biome in antarctica run by the guy from the first movie that everybody forgot existed until you check wikipedia to go who was that guy and then go oh so he was the dude with the whipped cream thing for the first movie cool that's it. Let me tell you something, dude. Um, I, 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 this is like the fifth movie we've watched together that has a Steve Jobs like idiosyncratic. I think uh, this is so the fifth episode in a row that had a Steve Jobs esque villain. Not in a row. Not in is a it row. not in a row? It's pretty. It feels like it's we, close. We got. We got. Um, what's the actor's name? We got Mark Rylance's character in Don't Look Up. We got the two, uh, we got the two, um, we got the one CEO from uh, Ron's Gone Wrong. Not not CEO, but the one guy that was yeah. below the CEO in Ron's Gone Wrong. Uh, we got this guy in this movie. We had, uh, who else did we have? It, plenty of, it's, it's becoming such a trope that yeah. it, I got to believe that Steve Jobs is rolling in his grave because everybody's just turning him into a villain at this point. And it's right. just like, I, I get it. Like Steve Jobs. Ooh, he was brilliant mind and stuff like that. He stole ideas from people and then turned it into money. And it's like, that wasn't evil though. He, his goal wasn't like world domination. Um, world dominion. Yeah. World I dominion. Can lo- I can low key see, Elon Musk in this movie, dude. 
I could see him behind that desk saying to uh you know the young black kid that was like his uh his protege saying uh what you don't want to continue the, the experiment yeah. you betrayed me like i love how he goes through the different stages of grief as he's talking to him and that other character says nothing right like, like why does he just why does he just stay quiet like he says something at some point until like he says like uh i'm not doing this with you no more Mm-hmm. Like, what is this, a breakup? Like, what kind of scene is this? Like, yeah, that was just weird. Right. That he's, like, jumping on the train and loses power, and his first thought is, oh, I should leave the train, even though I know all the dinosaurs are here. Because, you know, I called all the dinosaurs to come over here, so I should probably leave this. And then the dinosaurs are there. It just, his death didn't even feel... It, it, it didn't... There was nothing about it. Simple as that. It, there was nothing there. There was no substance to his death. It was just, oh, cool, the dinosaur. Okay, back to the boring six people that we've been following. Oh, cool, the one guy somehow traversed the entire base and made it back to them. Um, his like intern protege that after he like was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I was the one that told you know Malcolm about everything bad you were doing in the first place. You know, peace. And then he joins the main six like a, a step away. Like how close were those facilities that he just appeared there? I feel like what this is what happened. So hear me out here. The movie got close to the end of its runtime. The character somehow knew this and said, I got to get over to that side of base because I'm supposed to be the hero by the end of this thing. Yeah. And then just on cue, he showed up. I, I like think to think that's happened. a little bit more fantastical. Like he called one of the pterodactyls and he jumped on its back and rode it to get to the main six and was like, here's my stop. And then he jumped down. He like rode down the back of a brontosaurus, kind of like in all, the Flintstones. All with the briefcase in his hand. All with the briefcase in his hand. And we did, that was just all off screen. I just assumed that's what happened. And then he flew in there and was like, hey, guys, what's up? Um, because then... Henry Wu pulls the same bullshit move and just appears and goes, hey, guys, I'm sorry for being evil for the past 10 years, but I'm good now, I swear. Um, The clone daughter that you keep trying to kidnap and stole from us again is uh, we, we, we decided that she's able to save the world with me. But uh, so so please like me. That's exactly what happened. Um. Yeah, man, this movie—it's it, not horrible. I'm not gonna say it's a horrible movie. Oh, I will. Uh, I, this is a horrible movie. I've seen worse films than this, uh, and I and for and for what it's worth, with the little bit of action we get, the action's well made. Uh, I like the latter half. I do like the latter half for all of its flaws. I give this a two. Uh, I give this a one. This movie was just disappointing in all regards. This movie was marketed to me as we're finally going to see the dinosaurs interacting with people. I expected this entire movie to be the last like 20 minutes of Lost World with the you know T-Rex walking through the city and stuff and creating pure havoc and chaos. That's what I expected from this movie. I expected this to be two and a half hours of that greatness 
as everybody's like, oh my god, dinosaur, there's pterodactyls everywhere, you know, we're dealing with the, you know, ecological, you know, fail-safes of everything because we have just dinosaurs walking everywhere. Instead, what I got is a boring movie where two people try and, you know, find their kidnapped daughter who they previously had kidnapped and were forcing to live in a log cabin in the middle of nowhere. That that's what this movie was. And then the three original, you know, Jurassic Park people were there to, you know, figure out bugs. Right, right. Yeah, I this movie was just high, man. I, I'm not gonna say it was horrible. I'll just say it was just high. I, I will say it for both of us. This movie is a goddamn travesty of horrendousness that should not have been. <laughs> All I know is my man Colin Trevorrow cannot catch a break, dude. Uh, he had a great debut uh, with Safety Not Guaranteed with Arby Plaza. Um, if you haven't seen that film, you, you should check it out. Oh, it's, it's good. good. That's that's why, like, it, I, I had faith in him. Like, when I heard he was getting a Star Wars, I was excited. Oh, and then yeah. when Jurassic World came out, I was like, okay, this is... You know, this is a good step towards something. It's an interesting plot. It's something. Then Fallen Kingdom happened, and I was like, "Okay, you you fell off a little bit there." But he co-wrote that. He he didn't direct that movie. But yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I was kind of just like, "Yeah, okay, you 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 fell off a little bit, but you're gonna get back on with Dominion." And he just tumbled right down the stairs. He like took a misstep on one step and was like, "Oh." can't do that again and then proceeded to just drop kick himself down the rest of the flight i am gonna have a hard time believing in any of his in his movies in the future so you think it's his you think he's the problem i i think he's the problem because say they read his original script of skywalker and it wasn't bad it had some really good ideas in it it wasn't a perfect script it had some really good ideas i would love to see used uh, it definitely felt more like a sequel to The Last Jedi than what we got with uh, Rise of Skywalker. Right. Uh, but at the same time, it, according to a lot of the people behind the scenes of Rise of Skywalker and stuff, when Trevorrow was kind of there and everything, uh, he apparently was very cocky about himself, feeling that mm. he could do no wrong and everything, and was very adamant that, you know, everything about everything he does is perfect. So I could definitely see him as being a problem <laughs> when it comes to things, assuming that is all accurate. Uh, there's a funny, uh, <laughs> there's a funny quote I heard uh, about uh, from, from Damon Wayans. They asked him, uh, hey, man, why don't you ever make a joke about God? He says, because I don't want him to make a Damon Wayans joke. <laughs> Like, you know, you never want to get too cocky because uh, life will uh, make you the punchline. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, uh, So I say uh, JP3 wins out here on DPV. Yeah. I uh, this one Jurassic Park three wins out uh, along with basically every other movie in existence. I would say (laughs) just all of them. Just every other movie uh, sidelined with. Jurassic Park 3 beats out Jurassic World Dominion. Well, let me ask you something, man, and be honest with me. Is it worth it for me to watch Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom? Um, Jurassic World is a fun movie. 
Um, I would say skip Fallen Kingdom unless you really want to be able to say you somehow sat through all three. Hmm. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, what you been watching lately, man? Um. So the season finale of Barry came out last weekend. I heard that was dark. Oh, it was so good. Uh, I am so ready for the next season. I am excited with that cliffhanger they ended it on. And the next season is supposed to be the last? Uh, I think so. I think season four is supposed to be the last season for it. Okay. All right. That's on my list. I I will get to it. Um, But I heard, yeah, man, I heard, uh, I saw some reviews and they say, yeah, that finale was dark. Yeah, I can say, Uh, like, this season, I think Bill Hader forgot he was writing a comedy show, and he just thought he was writing just a very dark kind of, you know, action series, because that's what this season came off as. Yeah, because he is a hitman, right? Trying to be an actor. Yeah, Yeah, he's a hitman that, uh, well, he was a, uh, I think it's army vet that basically felt like he couldn't fit in anywhere in society. So he became a hitman until he discovered acting and decided he okay. wants to become an actor. So is it just him uh, writing all the episodes or is it like, like he's a co-creator of the show? Uh, he was a co-creator of the show at first. And uh-huh. now he's basically one of the main writers for it. Well, I mean, wasn't he like one of the main writers from the start or is he like I, I he think- hasn't, he was the lead of the show and everything, obviously, but I don't yeah. think when it came to writing, he was that involved with it. Like, he had his inputs and everything like that, but overall, I don't think he was, like, one of the main people writing the scripts. Because huh. I see, I'm seeing a lot of episodes directed by him here. Uh, all right, man. Yeah, dude, you've, uh, you, you've, um, you've convinced me, man. Many, I mean... <laughs> We could do a thing on this show where um, around the time season one ends, you could have Brad asking me, dude, have you seen Barry? <laughs> oh, no, that's the Bill Hader show. I'm going to get to that. Oh, man, you got to watch it around the time the season two finale comes. Dude, you seen Barry yet? <laughs> you start watching Barry yet? Dude, it's no. so good. <laughs> right. To the point where we're here. He's like, I'm just going to assume you still haven't watched it. But let me talk about how much I love Barry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm aware of what point we're at now. And guess what? When season four premieres, I'm going to go, okay, so season four of Barry is starting off amazing. I know you haven't seen it yet, but I got to talk about it for a second. <laughs> I think by that point, I'll probably be watching it by then because it's, it's on my list. You know, and it's short episodes, right? They're um, like Yeah, they're hour. about like half an hour. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll give I'll give it a look, man. Um, I'm starting to get back into my TV watching phase. I just finished up the latest season of Snowfall. Man, that's such a good show, dude. That's a show where the first season starts off generic, but second season on, it's just it's just pedal to the metal. And like you could tell the writing really stepped up. Like some shows, you can barely do it in this kind of um TV feel because everything's expected to be great from episode one. Mm-hmm. Uh some shows you gotta give room to breathe. Right. And that's a show that it, it was left room to breathe and it just soared. Like I really love that show. Uh, I just, um, what else did I watch? Uh, dude, I saw Lightyear. I have to see that one still. How was it? It was good. It was good. Um, they explained from the very beginning. I mean, you, you know what the film is. If, if you, if you know, if you're wise to the point that it's based off 
it's what inspired the Buzz Lightyear toy in that universe, pretty right. much. But they explain from the opening scene what the purpose of the whole movie is, and you're like, ah, that makes sense. Uh, I don't want to ruin it for you. I'd, I'd rather you just see it. Mm-hmm. But uh, pretty good Pixar movie. Pretty good one. I'm not going to say it's one of the best, but it's very entertaining, has a lot of good heart, and uh, has a great emotional montage in the beginning. Okay. I'm not going to say it's better than Up, but it's very Up-inspired. Okay. Yeah, I, I plan to see that one. I just haven't had a chance to go yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say check it out, man. It's just not. It's, it's a really good movie. I liked it. Okay. Um, did I see anything else? I don't know, man. I think that's it for me. I uh, yeah, I might. I'm, I'm thinking either Barry or Mayor of East Town is the kind of show I'm gonna get into next because I heard so many good things about Mayor of East Town. So, you know. uh, I think you know which one I'm gonna say that you should jump into next. I know what you're about to say. <laughs> you know what? I'll start it tonight. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start it tonight <laughs> and, and see where it goes. I'm, I'm gonna be checking in on you each episode to see how far into it you've gotten. I'm excited, man. You know, um, I like Bill Hader. I think he's a hilarious actor. Oh, he's a fantastic actor. I think one of my favorite things about him is on uh, Saturday Night Live, how he can't keep a straight face. He breaks the easiest out of most like people on that show. I wouldn't expect that from him. I would think he would he would be the hardest to break. Oh, no. He is so easy to break on that show. It it's basic. Just look up clips of Bill Hader breaking on SNL, and they're all great. The movie where I liked, where I, where I, I really thought um, he really sold me as a um, as a comedian. It wasn't super bad, even though I really liked him in that movie. It was Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, he that was such a good movie too. Yeah, man. Like uh, the one scene where him and Jason Segel, uh, he's talking about Jason Segel's talking about his wife or something like that. He says, oh, you you, you want to do this right now? You, you really want to do this right now? <laughs> that is the love of my life. I will end you. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love how he goes from zero to ten in that scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bill Hader is... It, he, he's probably one of the better kind of like ranged comedic actors out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that you'll definitely agree. If you don't already, you will after watching Barry. That's for sure. Now, do you feel like this is his Atlanta? Like, like you feel like this is this Atlanta is to him, Barry is to him, like Atlanta is to Donald Glover. Um, yeah, I would think so. Okay, okay. I, I think this is his like magnum opus. This is, you know, this is his series that everybody's gonna go. You know, Bill Hader. Oh, the guy from Barry. I, I think mm. this is gonna be that. All right, man. I'll take your word for it. Uh, All right, folks, Uh, that has been another great episode of DFV. We will catch you on the next one. Please like, share, and subscribe. Engage with the video. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, any suggestions you may have. What do you think wins out in this little matchup here? Do you think me and Brad are just tripping and maybe we just were a little too hard on this movie and there was an extended cut about three hours long that had way more action that we will never watch? Or uh, what do you think? Be sure to uh, comment that you think Anthony was too easy on this movie. Be sure to comment. Let me let us know we were too easy. <laughs> All right, y'all. Take care.